Welcome back to Practical Parenting, the podcast that helps empower parents in the trenches, find joy in the process, and thrive through it all. I'm Christina Wales, here with my co-host, Dr. Terry Nguyen, Chair of Pediatrics at GBMC Healthcare. We're bringing you a pretty heavy topic today, but let's be honest, it's a heavy time. There's no getting around it. So our kids are talking at school, they're overhearing the news, they're on social media, The best way we as parents can support our kids is by being the container that holds these important and complex conversations. So let's just jump right in. Talking about violence and tragedy, where do we start, Dr. Terry? Uh, It's heavy, just (laughs) as you said, Christina. But there have been between school shootings and what's going on uh, in in the Gaza Strip. I mean, our children are being inundated Mm -hmm. by it, right? So we have to collect ourselves first, and then we can be there and be that container for our children. Um, so I think this is so heated and so emotional for all of us. We all have thoughts and feelings and probably some fears and worries behind it as well. Oh, sure. So validate what you're feeling, you know, um, Share it with someone, get it off your chest first so that you have recentered yourself so that you can be there to listen and support for your child and not feel the need or unintentionally um, throwing some of your emotions or your feelings about this um, onto them. Okay. So <clears throat> first and foremost, um, create an environment that's safe for listening. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a recurring theme, right? If we listen, we've done 50% of the hard work, 50-60% of the hard work uh, when it's uh, a challenging situation with our kids or it's a difficult topic. So listen first. Um, Find out what, you know, your child, and it'll be very age-appropriate, right? Mm -hmm. If this is a school-age child versus middle school, high school, or older, right? So whatever's age-appropriate, find out what they know. Um, You know, um, let them lead the conversation. Um, Don't assume that you know what they're feeling. You know what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. You actually don't know what your child is feeling, right? Um, And then take the lead from them. So you may have all these things like, oh, I need to explain all this about the children who are getting harmed and how terrible it must be. Clear that slate, empty your mind, and listen. And allow pauses. Just because there's a pause doesn't mean you have to fill in that void. Mm -hmm. Right? That's our automatic reaction is we can't stand silence or we think that there's something wrong when there's silence. But it's okay. It's taking time to absorb, and you're taking time to process. And for our children who may have never experienced any of this before, right, they're also processing. And they may not have the words for their feelings and emotions. Resist the temptation to jump in, mm-hmm. okay, and say, is this how what, what it feels like? I'm thinking this. No, after you hear what they say, validate back with their words. So I think I'm hearing mm-hmm. from you, okay? Or am I am I understanding this? This is what you know, uh this is what you said. Mm-hmm. That feels like it would be really hard. Okay? But that's how you approach it, not 
to impose your own emotional emotional state into it. Which is really good practice, honestly, for exactly, <laughs> exactly. all other to- you know topics or things that they bring to you. You know, right. we want to try not to fix and yeah. just and listen. More listen. You're you're the container. I love that. You are the container for whatever it is that your children, our children, need to unload. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really love that. I have an image of a mom sitting there cradling her child. You are the safe um, place. You're that safe basket, you know, for them to unload. And it's, it's, it's comfy and cozy. I think a lot of times that's how they describe, you know, early years, you're the physical, it's very very physical, you know, your kids mm-hmm. need you a lot, you know, to do things for them and pick them up and things like that. And when, it, as they get older, it gets more emotional. And I feel like that's the same, you're, you're physically containing your kids as, as when they're toddlers and, yeah. you know, younger, but then you're, you're the emotional container as they get older. You're always their emotional container, mm-hmm. even when they get into their, you know, into their young adulthood and even in their adult life. I mean, that's that's uh, that's what I think um, mm-hmm. our jobs as parents really ultimately is, is to be that safe space for our children, mm-hmm. uh, unconditional love and the um, the um, the place that you can just be yourself and know that there's no right or wrong and you'll be accepted for who you are. Right. And that's for all situations but especially in difficult situations, Mm -hmm. And give truthful answers. You know, once, you know, you validated and you've reflected back, um, you know, use proper language. Remember, younger kids are very literal. Mm -hmm. They're not abstract yet. So use um, correct terminology, right? Um, But be precise and concise. Mm-hmm. You don't need to expand on something. Um, you want it to be um, appropriate by age. You don't need to share the gore of all the children who are being hurt uh, in uh, the Gaza Strip right now and how there's shortages of medical supplies. I mean, I've seen some terrible quotes, uh, you know, in news media. It's it's heartbreaking for me as a mm-hmm. pediatrician, right, and as a parent. So. But we don't need to, um, we don't need to unload that on right. our children, right? Yeah, I have heard with the language, especially, um, you know, a good example would be if you tell your child, you know, we had to put the dog to sleep. You know, and if you say that, that you might think you're being kinder by saying that. But you know, if they start having sleep issues, <laughs> I think we can connect the two. Yeah. You know, so using that those literal terms, you know, it, it's not a scary word to them because there's no context behind it for them. Right. And you know, um, I've also heard one where. You know, sometimes it's even helpful to label, you know, if you're the grandmother gets cancer, to label this specific cancer because, say, they have another child in their class whose parent or grandparent died of a certain cancer. And if you just say cancer, then they think, oh, grandma's going to die. Well, maybe not. Maybe, you know, we don't know. But if you use the specific language, then they can begin to separate that out and sort of, I guess, better explain it in their own mind And sort of put it in a bucket, a different bucket. Right. Absolutely. Just like, you know, when we um, recommend kids naming actual body parts, Mm -hmm. even if they're sexual body parts, right, they're body parts. Mm -hmm. If you give a nickname to it and then they're talking with somebody else, 
you know, what what part was that? Right, right? exactly. So, you know, sugar coating never really works for kids, and they can call you out on it. Mm-hmm. And then if they're very concrete thinkers, as they often are before puberty, we're going to get into uh, some issues. Um, so, yes, I agree. I remember my son when his granddad died. <laughs> And we said, granddad's gone to heaven. And we would look up to the lights in the bedroom and said, we can always pray to granddad. And one day out of the blue, he was about three years old. He was like, so when's granddad going to come out of the ceiling? (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, 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 sweetie. He died and he's gone to heaven. And, you know, he's not coming down from anywhere. But he is, you know, he sees and hears us and, and knows that you love him. But that was, like, unintentional. It didn't right. say that he went into the ceiling at all. It's just that I'm like, he went to heaven, and I stared up. So yeah. I agree with you. Um, use correct terminology. Be concise and be uh, concrete um, in how you're talking. And then, you know, what's after listening? Um Allowing, managing um, your child's emotions. Like, just as you would help them along with any other challenge, let them express it. And how does it make, you know, how are you feeling now? Are there things from this that make you worry? And then reassure based on their responses, Mm -hmm. right? Again, taking their lead. Mm -hmm. And then always being mindful that you're also going to keep your emotional overflow to yourself for this. And then, you know, um, taking action. You know, I think part of the reason we all feel so disempowered, so worried or um, anxious about things is we cannot predict the future and we have no control over the future, Mm -hmm. right? So we're grasping for what we can do. So here's the thing. Help them take action. Right. So they don't feel like they're just going to sit and worry about this. Um, One of the actions that you can take, okay, is to limit your child's media exposure. Right. There's no need for children. There's no need for the TV to be on all day and for there to be all these news updates about what's happening, what's the most recent school shooting, what's the most recent blast that's happened, you know, uh, in Gaza or in other countries. Um, that is like, it's repetitive violence that's being shown over and over. It's got to make anyone, you know, nervous. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then if your child doesn't really know the expanse of things, all they think is that there's like war, violence, and death all the time. So yeah, I might be scared to like walk out of my that walk out of my house because what could happen? Yeah. Right. Um. So really turn down the volume on the media, uh, whether I, it's... I also think this is probably a really good opportunity to have those open and honest conversations with your kids about social media. It, go back to our episode about that and listen, but um, talking to them about the fact that not everything they see is necessarily what it is, or, you know, that people are using social media sometimes to to spread disinformation or to um, sort of, you know, dramatize it a little bit um, and just sort of what harm that can cause and, like, let's look at sources and, you know, really dive into that stuff and, um, and teach them more about yeah. responsible use of media. Uh, teach them to be 
um, good inspectors and detectives mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. information that they're presented with. Yeah. Right. Um, and with social media. Um, so there's the, you know, anything that you can see on the screen um, and even um, your social media um, outlets will have postings all the time of what's mm-hmm. going on in the world. And I, especially about school shootings, I think it becomes like, um, gla- it's not, gl- it becomes sensation, a sensation. Like everybody needs to folk, you know, to follow it, to see what's happening. Do you really need to follow it? I mean, you can get the, you know, one caption at beginning or the end of the day, but you don't need constant infusion. I, I think it really hypes up um, your worries mm-hmm. and it could really hype up um, a young child's worries. Right. And then, um, yeah. I prefer reading, actually. I prefer reading whether I'm reading a paper on my phone or iPad to TV because I think anything where you can show live action can be much more grotesquely graphic. And I know they're doing – I know that, um, you know, the folks in the news are doing it purposely, right, because it's like they got you. That image cannot be removed from your mind. But that image cannot be removed from your child's mind also mm-hmm. when they're in the dark in their room by themselves, right, and catastrophizing. Like, oh, my gosh, could this happen to me? This Could this happen to my family? And you might want to give them a little geographical, you know, uh, uh, history lesson. Like, this is happening here. This is where we are, mm-hmm. okay, and that's where it's going It's going on. So it's quite far from us, and we are safe, you know. But don't, um, but don't negate their fear. I mean, I think the school shootings, I mean, it brings fear for everybody now, oh, right? Yeah. And our children are getting training on what to do when there's a lockdown at school. I mean, that's scary. So it is what it is, you know. Um, but you can share that as it's a preventive thing that we're doing. We're talking about action, right? So what are we doing, you know? So as the parent, you're minimizing media, right? Um, taking action. Oh, you have some control. You know what to do. School is prepping you for this if it were to happen, mm-hmm. okay? And then, um, you know, the big part is... What can you do as a family? I mean, there are people affected by whatever tragedy or violent event. You know, you can ask your child. So, you know, is there a way that you think we can help Mm -hmm. or that you want to do something that would help the people who, you know, have suffered, suffered this tragedy? You know, it may come in the form of donating things or it could be writing notes, Um, you know, just... Simple, cheery notes. I mean, children, everybody loves a good, encouraging note, right? Yeah. Um, Have them draw it out. Have them be creative. But even more than that, you know, you want to see connection and community, right? So if you're part of some kind of um, a local volunteer group or a church or faith-based group, I bet you – any of those organizations are doing something mm-hmm. to help people in um, those uh, who've suffered those tragedies. And I, I know for sure there is uh, for the folks in Gaza. So, you know, like look it up together. So this is a an opportunity to learn together and to engage in your community. So I think it's when you're isolated and 
you're in your own thoughts and you're buried in your own thoughts and you're ruminating about that. Mm-hmm. You feel less uh, less in control and you feel kind of out of control, right? Yeah. If you mm-hmm. let it spiral. But if you take action, okay, even if it's small steps, you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's volunteering or whatever you can do in your part of the world, I, I think that's really key, right? Mm-hmm. Is taking some kind of action so you feel like you're contributing and engaging with other people in community because you're not alone and they're not alone. So um, that's, I, I think, I cannot emphasize um, engaging and volunteering. I think a lot of our issues is that we are isolated mm-hmm. and um, we think it's just us. It's not us. There's a ripple effect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's your immediate family. There's your close friends and family. But then all the people connected to all those people. And that's – if we could build more connection and community, I think mental illness would be lower – I might even say conflict might be lower for people because ultimately we are so much more alike than we are different, even amongst different cultures, races, religions, right? But Mm -hmm. we're a little bit – the pendulum is swung the other way Mm -hmm. and it's all about what makes my belief or my, you know, me stand out from other people. I'm like, well, what about – how similar we all are. Mm-hmm. We want family. We want connection. We want to be loved unconditionally. Um, we want to be contributing to the world that we live in, I think. My therapist said something very similar to me because we were. I was struggling with some of these, these things, and she kind of framed it in the way of if you're so internalized and worrying about something and sort of ruminating and letting it spiral, like, you're not actually serving the people that you're feeling this empathy for. Like, it's not that it's not okay that the empathy is there, but I tend to Mm over-empathize and then, like, relate so much to it that it becomes fearful for me. And so she was, what what are you doing by letting it sit? If you want to truly feel for these people, you know, take action, like you said, or, you know, if you want to be informed, but you don't, you don't need to see the images to know, you get it. Yeah. Go read if you want to inform yourself. Go do something like that. Go take action so you feel like you're contributing to the solution rather than just sitting in the feelings is only really – it's not even benefiting me, quite honestly. But it's it feels like if I don't sit in that fear that it's not – it's almost like letting it go is just letting it say – oh, I don't have to worry about this. That you're and disrespecting you, what's right. happening to and other it, people. You're not saying you don't have to worry about it. Mm-mm. It is a worry, but you don't have to sit in it because that's not doing anybody a service either. Yeah. You don't have to be get, You don't have to be dragged down with it. Right, right? exactly. Um, I'll give you a very concrete example. Early on in my career as a pediatrician, I thought that I had to carry all of my patients' burdens uh, on my shoulders and help carry my patients on their sh- on my shoulders in order to be really empathetic and to mm. really be compassionate. And I did. I did it for probably a decade plus, and then I got really burnt out, really burnt out. Yeah. Like I had nothing else to give. Yeah. And I'm like, I just can't, you know. There is engagement here. You know, I have a patient. They have issues. 
I can encourage them. I can provide support services, point them in the right direction, encourage. But I cannot be held accountable ultimately if something doesn't work out. Like there was an action they also needed to take. They needed to participate in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I learned that I can still be really empathetic and compassionate by holding my patient's hand and doing the rough journey with them mm-hmm. instead of carrying them, right, and carrying their burdens, it's a win-win. They feel the support and encouragement, and I feel lighter. I don't That's feel such that. a good image of imagining you carrying someone's burden on your shoulders and then lifting it up and putting it next to you and yeah. just, you know, holding it. And I remind myself all the time because when you said, you know, you feel like if you don't feel the angst and horror of this, this means you don't care about what terrible things are going on in the world. No, 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 you do. But this is horrible. This is horrific. What action can I do to perhaps help those people or – you know, it's taking action. Mm-hmm. And that really, that's the bottom line. Taking action and engaging with others, right? Mm-hmm. That always will make you feel better, regardless of what the topic at hand is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're on the same page. And I love your imagery. And I, you know, I have to remind myself of my imagery as well, because there are days, you know, as a, a pediatrician, I'm like, did I fail? My patient, you know, if they get um, hospitalized for their mental illness, did I not do enough for them? I'm like, well, no, you did what you could. Mm-hmm. You couldn't be in their body, right? right? Yeah. And you couldn't be there when they decided to do self-harm, you know? Um, but that's a huge release, and it took me over a decade um, as a physician to learn that. It's a long journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's so much better. Um, yeah. Well, tragedy, violence, war, death, these are things we as adults often avoid thinking about, um, but they are a part of our reality, quite unfortunately. We can't avoid them in the hopes that sort of packing them away means they aren't happening. And we're, we're really doing our children a disservice if we don't provide that safe space for them to process these feelings and opinions. So if you have any questions about what we talked about today, um, you know, let us know on our social media channels. We're happy to answer any of those questions and sort of flesh this issue out because, um, unfortunately, I don't think it's going away. And it's a skill we're really going to have to perfect as parents. So um, thanks for sharing your thoughts. And, uh, yeah, well. Thank you you for the the opportunity. Um, And I think, yeah, you know, supporting each other. We're not alone in this. Mm -hmm. Our children aren't alone. We as the adults in their lives are not alone. And we can make a difference, um, even on things that happen halfway around the world. Yeah. um, Being aware of it. And um, every every small, it's all the small actions that Mm -hmm. add up to something big, right? Yeah. So you don't have to be doing the big action. But if you, everybody collectively, small actions towards peace, yeah. right? Um, peace, a peaceful mindset, and and learning about different people and how we're actually more similar than we are different. I'm, I am for sure that that would really decrease the amount of discord and conflict that we have in the world. So. I hope you're right. <laughs> okay. 
Well, thanks, Dr. Terry. Thanks, Christina. Till <laughs> next time. Yeah, see ya. Yeah.